What's up? This is a special edition of Marsha's Plate, where we review the show Pose on FX. All right? Uh, what Diana say? Don't call the doctor. Don't call the mama. Don't call the preacher. Welcome back to Marsha's Plate. Make sure if you join the conversation, you hashtag Marsha's Plate and pose FX. Um, we're going to cover a lot of topics. This episode was really deep, um, heartfelt. So if you hear us talking about anything and you have something to add, make sure you hashtag us. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. We are under... M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. That's M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. Hashtag us. We don't care if you agree or disagree. We just want to hear your opinion. So, you know, come join the conversation. Hey, y'all. What's up? Welcome back to Marsha's Plate. Review of season two of... Pose. Hey. Yes. 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 So, too, baby. so I have a a special guest. <laughs> special. <laughs> <laughs> so I like I said on the last season, I wanted to make sure that when I invited somebody who um to review um pose, I wanted to make sure that it was a gay male because this. The subject of Pose centers gay. gay. You gay? I ain't gay. I'm straight. Ciao, boo. <laughs> <laughs> Who told you that, girl? Who Str- wrong show, girl? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the gayest thing <laughs> since, since Richard Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> not too much, not too much, not too much, not too much. So, because the storyline centers um, black trans women and black gay men, I always want to have um, a black gay man um, reviewing the show with me so we can have some in-depth discussion with people who are represented on this show. So, yes, this is, this is what we do at Marshall's Play or try to do, and that's what it is. So, this season, I will be... Reviewing the amazing show that is posed with yes, Africana Boy. Hey, hola, como estas? <laughs> so if you don't know Africana Boy, Africana Boy is, you a fucking YouTube vet, my nigga. Oh, that's what they say these days. Yeah, people think that I'm dead, but I'm still here. Here. I'm still here. So, getting your teacher Campbell on. That's right. So, you know, um, he is, how many subscribers you got now? It's like 200. But you know, I'm all over the webs, you know. I'm on the Facebooks and the Instagrams. On the Instagrams. You you just, you know, know, you're a YouTube OG. And, you know, because it's been about 10 years, right? Oh, God, yes. A little over 10 years. Wow. Yes, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So, um... We, I got him hooked to pose. Oh yes, she did. <laughs> she did. What is a pose? So, what do you think about the first season? Oh, the first season, the first season. 
like you know I've listened to you on podcasts and uh, it's just it's, it's just, it is really good that it's something that I can relate to you know because we don't see that kind of representation nothing at all <laughs> nothing at uh, I can't even think of like like anything maybe a character or two every now and then I can't even really relate to Moonlight really not really nah. You didn't really like the moonlight at all. I just, Why not? I don't get the hype. I mean, I get you know it was you know hey you know something to look at on that movie, but <laughs> other than that, you know, you sure I, mean, not I, ain't get, I ain't get nothing from it. I mean, see, I related to moonlight not because I, it, fell I felt like it represented. No, <laughs> what you fell, fell asleep, asleep on baby. That was you a good little nap. Get out. Get Tried out. to watch about three, four times. <laughs> Each time I represent, see, I've I related to Moonlight not as a gay man, but as a young boy. Mm-hmm. I remember being a young boy and in, in how how I explore my sexuality with other young boys, and that scene with him and that boy reminded me of. You know, it reminded me of that. It reminded me of. The tenderness of it. I never seen it depicted on screen like that in that way. Um, usually when you think of young boys and sex, it's always depicted on some type of molestation yeah. and not them individually on like peer on peer exploration. Yeah. You don't I've never seen that on a show. That's true. You know, I've never you know, seen I, that. I did some exploring when in my youth too. Mm-hmm. So I guess I could relate to that. We ain't gonna <laughs> get all up into that, but <laughs> I guess that was a book. Yeah, yeah, it was to me. I, that's what it reminded me of. And then, how many, how many times have you seen on a film a masculine gay boy depicted? Uh, Not you, very much. Um, Not at all. Uh, I, I mean, had to pass. When it's always the feminine gay boy that's depicted. That is true. It's always a feminine. You never well, see I mean, the hood still, masculine. Should I still fell asleep? Boy. All right, I fell asleep. Okay, <laughs> shit. It's not like I said I I, I I was trying to watch the movie, but I mean, hey. But I mean, I get why it was so so big. I mean, yeah. And then it was fucking cinematically like beautiful. Bitch. It was very cinematically beautiful because I mean that chocolate one right there. Oh yes, he was. Very Everybody on that on that yeah. movie, he lit it beautifully. It was they were glistening. Yes, he in lit the light. that movie beautifully. That, that made black people look just immaculate. Yes, he was chocolate. <laughs> oh wait, you just talk about the whole movie? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, the movie it was cute. Uh huh. All right, so <laughs> let's get into pose. So this particular episode, this season um, premiere of pose. It starts off with Praytel and Blanca on a boat. They are headed to Hart Island. That's H-A-R-T Island. And when I was watching it, I was like, is this a real island or something that they made up for the show? And it's actually a real island with real history. And exactly what they were talking about is a part of that history. So approximately one million people are buried at Hart Island throughout its um utilization the burials there include individuals who are you know who have not been claimed by their families um the homeless people that might may die on the street who don't have families or you know indigent people like that it also ironically 
in this conversation about um, women's health care, abortion, and reproductive justice, justice, Heart Island is actually a place where a lot of babies are buried who don't have, like, coverage. Actually, like, one-third of the burials that happen every year are actual babies. That actually dropped from one-half once they covered all pregnant women um, with children health care coverage. They also used the island for like a quarantine station during the 1800s for like, like that a yellow fever epidemic that kind of broke out. In that period, the island contained a women psychiatric hospital called the Pavilion, which was built in like 1885. Um, it also had... Um, uh, a place where they kept people with tuberculosis. There's also, it, 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 the island was used for um, isolation of people with diseases. They also turned the island into a prison for a long time before um, World War II. Um, but eventually it got overcrowded, overcrowded and they moved the prisoner population to Rikers Island. Um then it turned into a homeless shelter. Then um, it just was a lot of things for prisoners and homeless and people. Um, it just has a history of isolation. That's kind of what I, all the things that I read about is just about they were trying to control something, either a disease or control people. And that's where they put them on Heart Island. And so that's the history. Um, and of course, when the AIDS epidemic, since there was a history of dealing um, with isolating and quarantining people in regards to diseases, of course, they did what they did in the past and used um, Heart Island for the people who were dying without their families, which was a part of the HIV thing when people, you know, a lot of folks were throwing their families away. And when they got caught up with AIDS, they didn't have anybody to come identify them or, um, you know, take care of their burial services. So they sent them off to Heart Island. And that's why this was a important part of this particular opening for the show. So you see Blanca and Pray Tell tipping into this office on Heart Island. And there is this black lady with an attitude. She, as soon as they come in, she look giving them looks. Rudeness. Yes. <laughs> she Ooh, was just dancing in the beginning. I'm like, girl, I'm, you should be happy to have some guests. Who's coming out there? <laughs> well, I guess people do <laughs> come just, out there. But she's just, just at work, just bitch. The, just a bitch. <laughs> just a bitch. So they are trying to find the burial site of one of their friends that passed away. And basically she explains to them, but baby, these people who don't have family members, baby, we put them in a pine box and a lot. And that's what it is. I can give you... She was just so late about it. Well, baby, we just put the mail up in the box. But she just at work, honey. It's just, (laughs) okay, but what happened to the customer service? You know, like, uh, that's that's what's wrong with people, you know. Then Then she says that, oh, we put all the six by, sick bodies quarantined in a special, in a special lot, in a special, <laughs> a in big a hole special in the ground. Because, and then Blanca's like, but they're already dead. What do you mean? Well, we don't know anything about this disease. 
And honey, we don't know how it's spread. And she just give all the little so ignorant toss them asses up in the box and what? <laughs> and put them a lot by themselves just in case their body juices spilled so down in the water. So while you alive, you go through it when you dead. So it, it started off heavy. That was a heavy. It was. Really it was a heavy, heavy. scene. It was like damn, beaches all happy is back on and. Boom. Thing, you know, <laughs> boom. It's like shit. Already. And it's very a difference from how the first season started. And it started in like they were in the ball. That can't be no remember they were trying to break into the museum. Oh yeah, they were yeah, they were breaking, breaking into, into the, museum. the museum. Um but so, shit, it wasn't like this. Not at all. I'm like, damn, I'm already in tears always coming out. So then Praytel and Blanca walks over to a specific area and they have people have created a more it's not humane, but it's just a more thoughtful way of honoring the people who were dead here on this yeah. island where they wrote their names on rocks and that placed them there. Sweet. It was it was really sweet, whoever thought about it, just because there's some people who actually care. And so they were making it work and making it do what it do what it do. And so they would put their names on the rocks and then it was like a like a memorial for the people who were there. Because somebody cared about somebody even if the family yeah. wasn't there and even they if they didn't have anybody somebody usually like cared about being, them just yeah. stuffing them up in boxes and with the number 601 yeah. six, just pile them on top of each other it's oh jesus <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah lord was, just burn me up rude. toss me somewhere shit but also understand that this is kind of how it is still not not particularly what you but mean? W- when people don't have families when when you're oh, an older person yeah. and you don't have family and you don't have money when you are in prison and you don't have family and you don't have money this is the type of they just discard they you, just baby. discard you sometimes i remember um Deja was talking about it earlier when we was watching it They'll just burn you. They'll just cremate you. They won't even put you in the little prime box. They'll just cremate you and put your little ashes in the trash. It's that's oh. it's when you don't have money and you don't have people that care for you, they don't have to care. And so this happens in prisons, this happens in nursing homes, this happens in hospitals with people who don't have family or care. Oh God, I never really just thought yeah. about all of that. Yeah, when you don't have, and especially now during this time and age when trans folks in particularly um, are aging a little bit. Some of us are getting a little bit older, even though I know our average life expectancy is low, but there's some of us that last and, and age. They're... If you don't have, if your family has turned their back on you years ago, and you in your um, 60s, 70s, and 80s, yeah, you ain't even talk. I mean, they're probably dead. The your parents yeah. are probably dead. You haven't cultivated a relationship with them. Think about if Cicely Tyson, as old as she is, was a trans yeah, woman. Is, All know. her friends mm-hmm. would be dead and gone. That is true. She didn't see them come and go. And if you're not a celebrity like Miss Tyson. Think about a person that old. All their friends is dead and gone. They could easily be forgotten. Oh. Yeah. So. Ooh, that's deep. So this was a, it, it's the, the show started off really deep on Ooh, this particular gosh, section. They don't give you no kind of break. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, yay, yay. 
Okay. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because I put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch I am community is fuck (laughs) so thank you I really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not you can donate as low as a dollar a month it doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please, do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. So the next scene, we have Blanca going into the hospital to go get her annual checkup with Sandra Bernhardt, the nurse, I believe. Yeah, so the nurse. So Sandra Bernhardt is a is a is a fucking gay icon. So she's definitely yeah, been a part of a lot of things for years. She's an ancient vet. Yeah, she's a vet. like the doll. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and Blanca was. Going to go get her, what do you got? I mean, you're... She was getting her levels checked. She was getting her, um, you know, her levels. So you, when they check your blood to see what, mm-hmm. what T-cells levels you are, that's getting your levels checked. Well, Miss Blanca found out that her T-cells was dropping it like it's hot. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I mean. No, I didn't mean, oh, oh, God, that is so <laughs> You are late to me. Okay. So. Ed- edit that out, girl. Edit that out. <laughs> Okay, Mia. Okay, Mia. So when you're when you are when you have been diagnosed, um, they did. What's the difference between HIV and AIDS is where your levels have dropped to. If your if your T cells has dropped to under two hundred, then they then you have reached the level of AIDS, and so. Oh, God. Yes, Blanca found out that her T-cells was dropping and that it was just... Well, it didn't even seem like, you know, she was just like, it's AIDS. You gonna, you gonna, you just got AIDS now. Under, she did what, seem t- real direct. She just seems like, oh, girl, it's AIDS now. Yeah, she. matter of fact. Yeah. So, and Blanca was like, but I've been, you know, she taking said, my medicine. I have been and taking been, my I, And I've been feeling good. I've been feeling good. good. Uh, you know, my kids and people had coughs and stuff. I didn't sneeze, not one snuffle, nothing. Mm-hmm. So but I'm that, that kind of informed, that kind of lets you know about how people thought about it. So, cause, and even now, I know uh, some people yeah, like about, that. Yeah. Not just back then. Girl, I ain't got shit. I'll uh, never get sick. Exactly. And yeah. you, you won't know until, bitch. And yeah, that's what she was yeah. telling she said you can you don't know how it's attacking your body you don't know oh god it, it, it doesn't how the the it's symptoms coming for, for every person like exactly. some people are undetectable and you mm-hmm. just you can just live your whole life and not even know and then boom something happens you get yeah. pneumonia you get a cold out of nowhere just, you get an infection in your tooth and it just doesn't heal yeah so and so and so and so because that's what happened to my friend what we um mm-hmm. But this is the part that um, that kind of shined a light on something that I didn't know about back then because I didn't live in that era. Um, when Sandra talked about how when the rich folks, the rich gays, 
died and they had medicine and they would donate the medicine to the people who may not, since they were dying, the medicine would go to somebody who, you know, who might, the less might fortunate, who it, might yeah. need it. And so at this time, the only medication that was available to treat this was kind of like some experimentation as medicine. AZT. A- AZT. Mm-hmm. That and that sound shit right. was... And it just wasn't right. I heard it was just killing people faster than the virus was. Yeah. It's, it's like you don't even know what it is. You guys are just tossing people bodies all over the place. It's just like, Jesus, they treated it like it was some kind of zombie type of curse or something. Then you go and you give these people this experimental drug that are giving them, le- what, less than a month or two or less than a month, and they're just all gone. But they just didn't know. Like, the the people were I dying faster than <laughs> then you naturally hey, in the ground. Baby. <laughs> yeah, what was happening? The medical field wasn't going. It's life as fast and as people were dying. So that's what it was. Like this is, was the reality reality in the moment. Yeah, and Blanca was like when she said, "You know, we have AZT." Blanca was like, "Oh, well, that's for rich people. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. rich people." And that's when she went into, you know, people donating the medicine and this and that. But they were still dying. Yeah, they were. He was still up in his bed looking a mess. I mean, yeah. well, yeah, hey. Yeah. That's just what it... So was it just they felt, what, was it to prolong it or just give someone hope? Because, I mean, it wasn't doing nothing. I, I feel like... Well, let me tell you about AZT. In 1987, the FDA made azadothymidine, I think that's how you pronounce it, also known as AZT. It was the first government-approved medicine against AIDS and HIV. AZT is an antiviral which slows down the replication of the virus. There was a popular movie called The Dallas Buyers Club. It was about this guy named Ron Woodrow who contracted HIV and AIDS in 1985 in a time when contracting this disease was a death sentence because it was killing people pretty, pretty fast. And in the movie, it kind of depicts how he had this toxic reaction to the drug. And so it made the movie gave the impression that the medicine was toxic and making them more sick and blah, 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 blah. But that that's kind of not true. At the time that AZT was administered, the disease had a mortality rate of 100%. So it was going to kill you. It was killing people. Okay? So although AZT had some adverse effects, what it was doing was prolonging people's life by a year. So a year doesn't sound like a lot of time, but... You got to remember at a 100% mortality rate, a a year of extra time is a year of extra time, bitch. (laughs) So um, it was really, really, um, at the time, it was the medication that was prolonging people's life. One of the problems with AZT in the early stages of it is that the dosage that they were prescribing was really, really high. They were worried about lower doses. Lower dosage wouldn't be enough to be meaningful to slow the virus down. And like I, like we have said during this time, it was in the early stages of trying to figure out the disease. 
actually later on, later studies showed that half of the original doses when they were doing the small doses, small doses worked as well as the larger doses, but they didn't know that because they're going through the research process. This is was a trial and error situation. Um, they basically had to guess doses to use to decide what would hit hard. It was not some like government experience conspiracy that picked high doses of AZT. It was just the fear that it was they didn't want to hit it lightly and then that it not be effective and it not do what it was supposed to do. Now, due to the high dosage of AZT, um, there was some like notable negative consequences, um, like bone marrow toxicity, issues with the kidneys, all that kind of stuff. Now, later in the mid 90s, there was like a strategy where they used three different um, antivirals. You feel what I'm saying? So it was kind of like an upgrade to AZT, an upgrade to the strategy. Because what it was is that if when you do all three, like you do like a three, um, a three hit of three different antivirals, it was it was a really, really low chance that the virus would create a um, resistance to all three of the virus, all three of the antivirals, because when you use just one antiviral, it was a it was really, really high chance that the disease would just mutate and turn into something that can be resistant to that one antiviral. So they started using three because like, yo, you got three soldiers in there fighting for you <laughs> and you might be one, but you can't be three. Like you might be one of them, but you got the two of them fighting the other two fighting you as well. So it just was a better um, antiviral therapy. Um, and it turned HIV AIDS into a chronic manageable disease rather than a death sentence over time. Nowadays, there have been advancement and we have medications that are help is helping. Um, it's just a different, it, we just live in a different era now, um, the advancement, but we still don't have a cure. Um, but it's just a different era. When Blanca was talking to her about it, she was like, shit, this is like a death sentence. She's just like, I th it feels like my life like shit what do I do she like damn I thought I, I mean, was doing well yeah it's like and it's, what's, what was the quote that she nothing, said the quote that was said <clears throat> well it was two good quotes the one that really touched me was get busy living or get busy dying because you can't do anything either either way I mean what can you do other than just live and I guess just live your best life why you still can. See, the problem with that is that sometimes that message can make people go out and, and do, do reckless reckless. That would be me. <laughs> that, and so... Baby, I'm out the door anyway. And see, that's depressing. That's like, that's not a healthy way to be living. You see what I'm saying? But then in this era, I don't know. Like, now, I don't think... Now that shouldn't be the way it should be because men's is different still do now. The shit now. They just use it for excuse to be hoes. Yeah, you're late. Uh, I mean, I'm, <laughs> am I lying? I mean, they do be still. Anyways, I <laughs> I would be very much that 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 person, you know, living my best life because it's just like it's nothing you do. Azt is just still taking people out. I don't think I would even be on or even try to get, you know. 
So you would be that person? I would not be on no medication. I just just let the virus attack me. You know. Mm. I would do what Blanca would do. Try to live healthy. And that's I mean. But what? But you gotta understand. You not a medical professional. You coming from this day and time where you know AZT is not working. Mm -hmm. If the doctors oh back then back then they didn't know AZT wasn't working. But people were still dying. Yes. Take some medication. I and there's people. There were people who live. were living too. There were people who were living. Well, yeah, that is true. Because some so, people are still alive now. And so, if the doctor say, "Hey, take these meds," meds, even though it's giving, making your liver fail, even though it's making you feel sick and nauseous and vomit. See, all of that is just lame. yeah. I can't even but, work out no more. Yeah, all of that. Mm -mm -mm. So, a quote that I like that she said. She said, "You have to stay alive till something." better comes along right mm -hmm. that was powerful for me because it's like you, you there's something uncontrollable in your body and you're telling me to stay alive <laughs> that's yeah. like what like until something better come along so you're telling me something that's eating away at me that i can't control but something better come along coming along it could be is it Six months from now? Is you it a year know. from now? Is it of 30 hope. years from now? 40 years from now? It's you see what I'm saying? 50 years from now. Hope. That's all that it is. It's just, at the end of the day, that's what people just have. Just hope. Hope. So the next scene goes into Blanca talking about Madonna and She's talking about her in a way that's like, oh, my God, this is about to change our, com our community. Mm -hmm. We about to go mainstream. Go mainstream, baby. She's super Everyone positive. Everyone want to be us. Exactly. Baby. She thinking that Madonna embracing this subculture Look is about around. to change our life. You know, with Vogue. <laughs> you know, the song has come out. The videos come out. Blah, 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 blah. But it it highlights two th thoughts around this time. So, Pray Tell is like, girl, sit your ass down, oh, Trini Rella. Talking about my damn nerves. <laughs> he can be such a party pooper sometimes. <laughs> Shit. I mean, I know you're going through it with stuff, but you ain't got to be. You ain't. Mm-mm. Quartel, we get on my goddamn nerves. Shit. But he's some. There was. But people then when like she that. get the popping, woo, uh huh, we gonna do this. You gonna be this, oh, do this, do this, do this, do this. But you always the negative Nancy. Uh uh. That's that's just how you know. Some people were like that. So it some is. people, it's people that still like that. Yes. <laughs> and then he was older than them, so he's like, girl, this happens every okay, decade. But this is a from new the disco, decade, baby. This is a new the... age, baby. Uh -huh, we are about okay. to be the girls. You can and have that's Vogue, what it is. You have Madonna and stuff. And so, after they talked, they had that kind of conversation, um, they switched to the scene where Poppy is taking some Polaroids of Angel. So, mm -hmm. he's boosting her up. Let's take these pictures. She's you beautiful, blah, 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 blah. Selling you something. Selling you something. Sunshine. <laughs> all of the damn curtains. And then, all <laughs> of a sudden, boom, they switched to her being back. Oh, whoa, 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 wait. No, no, no. 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 They do yeah. the ball. So then they switch to the ball. Once she get doing all these pretty pictures, they switch to the ball scene where she comes out and she wins Grand's prize for the trophy. And she's looking be in that gold and black dress with that thing. She looks sickening. Giving it to you. Just giving it to you. Giving them love. 
and dance moves she was doing. Uh-huh. <laughs> she was <laughs> feeling that. She was feeling that, baby. So she wins the prize, and then they switch to her going back to the host role. So she's back at the host role. Back and that's the reality. Life. Back to reality. <laughs> to the here and now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With so, a little cigarette, baby. Yeah, so that's the truth. Like it's like you that really that encapsulates how the ball scene was working at the time, where the ball scene was where you felt like, oh my God, I'm people care about me here. I feel like a yeah. star. I feel like something because the real world was kind of tragic. <laughs> oh, yes. Just back on the corner. <laughs> back on the corner. At the pier. So then a car pulls up and it's a taxi and Blanca's in there. She's like, Blanca bitch, you told ass. me you weren't going to uh, be on the house thing. I get tired of Blanca. Blanca want to always pop up at people's jobs. <laughs> she popped up on the lecture at the peep show. Girl, Blanca, nobody pops up. Well, no, lecture did pop up on her at the nails place. People need to stop popping up at people's place of work. I'm trying to make me some money, girl. You can give me the message of me being a model after I make my little coins. <laughs> Shit, she rolling up. I'm probably thinking this a little, you know, little coin. It's Blanca right. ass. Girl, what you doing at the pit? <laughs> I'm making me some money, bitch. What you think? Shit. We got bills. later when I get home. Shit, because you're going to be asking me for some money soon. You really is, girl. And modeling ain't going to take a minute, bitch. I need some money right now. <laughs> so she jumps in the car and Blanca is is, is giving her prep talk, pep talk, and telling her to, um, you know, there's a modeling contest, um, a four modeling agency, Blanca be and she on it. be on it, looking for She's her a, fucking uh, Chris everybody. Jenner, baby. <laughs> She's a Chris. Everybody needs a Blanca she, in their motherfucking life. Everybody like, needs a Blanca, baby. Because she, because it takes a special person to be looking out. You know, most people was looking for shit for themselves, opportunity for themselves, but she's constantly looking for opportunities from each and every one of her kids outside of the ball scene. Yeah. She be look, she knows they talents, what they could be good at. Uh-huh. Girl, look here. I found the ad. Blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. I found this little thing. <laughs> Ooh, girl, it's the audition. They hiring over here. Yeah. <laughs> she be on it. Yeah, she got Miss Thing at Daychoons, what's it called? Miss Electra Daychoons, she got um Oh Electra, this would be good for you. It's all up at the and bougie just like what's you. the boy what's the son name that she got in the um dance troupe? What Jam- not Rick J- Jam- Jamal. Jamal. Yes. Got him at the in the dance troupe. She get the girls together. Yes, she do. Yeah. And they be loving it too. Everybody needs a Blanca in their life. I think that that is I think really that's literally I think that's how all parents like and just should be you should find your kids talent mm-hmm. and just I mean blossom from there. Yeah. And uh, as quiet as it's kept, this particular show has is a black family narrative. It really like, is. If if you really They're really always at the dinner table and- You know, it's a black family story and I, I think a lot of people who don't watch it who are not queer, who are not um in our culture who refuse to watch it because you know oh this doesn't relate to me this doesn't relate to me that they're missing out on a narrative that has been so integral in our community like people who you don't understand how 
the contention or the the stress and tension between you and your family and the LGBTness of yourself, like you being gay or you being trans, it puts a rift between you and your family, even if it's they accept you. Yeah. Because it is now you are separating yourself from them because mm-hmm. now you are part of this culture and I'm not a part of this culture. And so that that riff even if there is a bond and a love and they accept you and mm-hmm. some people don't accept you at all and you totally got to cut them know. off but even if they accept you you are now no longer in the in the community that i am fully like yes you were black so yes we're a part of the black community mm-hmm. but now you have a whole nother life that i don't even participate uh, in like you have a whole other that. life that's the truth but that's all of our story right mm-hmm. <clears throat> so this particular and and they don't and a lot of people don't understand how important these family and it's not necessarily like the ball scene family because that 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 is really particular to the new york era new york Mm -hmm. region really really particular but other regions it may not be centered around the ball scene and and competing in the ball scene but there were gay families families. it still was gay families in every city where you had a mother, a father, and sometimes your mother was a man. Was it wasn't a trans? Yeah. It was a it was a butch a femme butch queen who was your gay mother because there was a now most mothers are trans or femme female figures, but back in the day there would be gay mothers who were men who were butch queens femme butch queens sometimes they were drag queens like Pepper Labeja mm-hmm. blah 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 and so in like St Louis we got uh, there was a like my fat in the Vatan Vatan family, that's one person I know. Um, and and you just have a legacy of a family, and it doesn't have anything to do with the ball scene. But you have your daughters, you have your sons, you have just a clique of people who sometimes their family threw them away, sometimes their family didn't, but they have their own community within the gay scene, and it's really really important. It is your chosen family. It is your friends that you that you um, build community with in this community that feel a void that your family may not even know how to feel. They don't know because they're going through this process of learning you and and learning about the LGBT community. They they may not know how to feel that void that that's missing once that riff happened. And a lot of people don't know anything, anything about, about that. that. Anything. Anything. Yeah. All I know is sex and age. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's it. it. That's all they, they think about. They don't know about the whole culture. And that's why people should watch the show. Because honestly, quiet as it's kept, like you just said, I just thought Pose was going to be about when you something. And I looked at, you know, the little, you know, the little uh, promo and stuff. And I said, oh, God, I don't want to see just people just walking around uh, voguing and shit and this and that. And, oh, God, I don't want to just see all, you know, it's cute and stuff. But, oh, I don't just want to sit there and watch all of it. But then I watched and I was like, oh, wait, it's really getting into real shit. And I, I think that's what people are not under. But I I don't even think it's just, it's just ignorant. It's a lot of things. It's just not making people want to watch. Yeah, they're not, in regards to outside of the community. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Um, And it's like, even if I was like someone who just didn't accept it, 
I mean, there's a lot of things that I watch that I just be like, you know, whatever. not connected to. Yeah, I not just connected to. See. I just want to see it. Yeah, just see it. And I really feel if they would just take the time out. But to that's watch normal it. for marginalized people. Like we, because we don't run quote unquote the world, mm-hmm. because we don't control media, because we don't control that. We have to relate to. We we find how we relate to yeah. characters. We we don't have the luxury of not, or we wouldn't watch. Anything. Right. You get what I'm saying? We, <laughs> right. Um, I mean, that's why so many of us can relate to Game of Thrones. We can relate to the characters. And because we've had no choice but to relate to white characters or shows with just white people on them. That's just kind of the nature of being a marginalized person in this world. That's how we all do. <laughs> like, well, you know, when you see um back in the day when it was just white women on TV mm-hmm. um, and you're a black woman, you have to find a storyline that you relate to. Um, and it's always we're I think as as barriers break down, especially in particular to television and film, as very barriers break down, it's always a fight of getting the upper part of the totem pole to look at us and see our humanity. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we still shit ain't no black woman won the Academy Award since Holly Berry. Not one. <laughs> really? Wait, really? No. What did Octavia win? She was supporting actress. Oh. Mm-hmm. So it's always getting them That's to see so our good. talent, getting them to see our stories, getting them to see and recognize the value in our stories, getting them to, you know, it's always pushing the envelope down. Yeah, pushing the envelope down. And so we always have, we always were able to see and relate to things that were outside of us it's just kind of we had to or we or we wouldn't see anything i think the important thing here to take away is especially in the blanca narrative is that what you are seeing is a mother taking care of her children and any mother out there can relate to that um you seeing sisters taking care of brothers brothers taking care of sisters and people who are on the margins taking care of each other and building community mm-hmm. and trying to survive and a lot of people know black families who are doing that regardless if it's a queer family or not so the next scene we have Oh God! I pray. Keep, I tell, keep saying quartel. That sounds more cute. Like you're praying and quartel. then telling the pray tea. To, pray to. Who the hell gonna name the child that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a stupid name. Uh, <laughs> pray tell. Oh, he gonna be pray tell. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's his stupid. So the next thing we have pray tell and Sandra, I believe the nurse and Candy. I don't know the other girl name, but she's really Lulu. pretty. Lulu, yeah, Lulu, Lulu, Lulu. We have Lulu. So Candy the- and uh, Lulu are reading. Oh God, at a funeral. <laughs> they're normal. They're normal tea. <laughs> and Prattel called her ass out. Can you hardly this bitch to shut the fuck up? 
And Sandra Bernhardt comes into the funeral and um, sit next to Pray Tell, and they're comparing. Sandra's like, this is another day for me, another walk in the park. <laughs> I've been about 300 of these. And Pray Tell's like, this is a 210 for me. <laughs> Sandra is unbothered because clearly in this era, it's, it's death the norm. After death, after death, death after death, after death, after death. And even death. In, the, in the beginning of the show, you saw how many rocks was on it that. It was a lot memorial. of rocks. It was Jesus. a lot of rocks with names on it, so it was just happening back to back to back um and so after the funeral they go downstairs into this um basement thing and they're having an activist meeting right downstairs act Mm -hmm. and so during the speech they bring up a character which is a real person just like they talk about donald trump last year last season a bunch of times this particular person is cardinal um john o'connor which is a real person so bishop john o'connor was the archbishop of new york from 1984 to 2000 when he died he became a cardinal in 1985 um what he has to do with this story is that he opposed condom distribution that's why angel said what she said during the protest um he opposed condom distribution as you know an aids prevention measure um he also viewed it being against you know um catholic beliefs that you know homosexuals act was immoral and against natural law and so by giving it to them it would be condoning you know you doing this sinful act and no we're not going to do that that was his belief it was also his belief in reg- his his belief in regards to um giving out condoms to teenagers so he was all about the abstinence is the key and blah 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 blah, blah. so he was one of the opponents to preventative measures, on-the-ground preventative measures, and setting the tone for the public because he was a leader in the religious sector of the community. So he set a horrible tone for the public in regards to the AIDS epidemic. So because he was one of the big heads in regards to the opponents against um, the gay community, um, the group ACT UP. Um, the AIDS Coalition to Unleash Power. And the reason why you saw a lot this group of people that you saw in the show, um, why there were so many women there, first of all, because it's been a lot of women organizers throughout history. So just know that. <laughs> I know a lot of times they center the men, but it's tons of women organizers. Think Ella Baker. Think um, Dorothy Height. Think Fannie Lou Hamer. Think... Um, Kathleen Cleaver, Elaine Brown, um, Rosa Parks, um, Zornia Hurston, tons of people. Just think that women have been a part of all movements. So particularly this particular um, scene, they are featuring ACT UP, but it actually was two different organizations. It was ACT UP and the Women's Health Action and Mobilization, WAM. They all held a demonstration at St. Patrick Cathedral um, to voice their opposition to the cathedral's positions on age education um, in regards to the distribution of condoms in schools and abortions and all that kind of stuff. The protest resulted in um, arrest. One of the It was, at the time, the biggest demonstration against the Catholic Church in, in history. 
And it actually remained that until um, 2010 when in the United Kingdom they did the um, the 20,000 people um, protest against the Catholic Church. But um, it was a really, really epic time in organizing. And that is what you – the the fictionalized dramatization on poses is what, what you saw. Another element that I do not want to leave out of John O'Connor's legacy as an archbishop, as a cardinal, is that he's one of those people who protects um, child molesters in the Catholic Church. He's one of those people who have sit back, who sit back and be complacent or do things or actively do things to to cover up incident incidents of molestation in the Catholic Church. There was a bishop in um, over Newark that was, you know, that was rumored to be um, in these molesting fucking kids, you know, all about um popes and bishops and fucking these priests that's fucking doing shit to little boys and people were warning him about this person and he was protecting them and it wasn't until years later that he sent a letter to the vatican when they were trying to make him a cardinal now all of this had shit had been going on but once they were trying to make him a cardinal after covering up for years and years and years and years he um he sent a letter against the bishop saying, I don't think he should be a cardinal because of these allegations. Um, this is after years of covering this shit up. So, you know, you know how they do, you know, when it comes to LGBT folks and um, that kind of shit, they want to be openly against it and doing shit um, openly against it. But then when it comes to the people on the inside doing the shady ass shit, they're silent or complacent. So that's the history of John O'Connor. I have to brush up on my little LGBT uh, history. I didn't know nothing about him. What you think about the protest? Well, one thing, I didn't know Sandra was so passionate. Well, she was passionate from the beginning. Is she a lesbian? So I think she a lesbian. I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. but Sandra, baby, she there was got lesbians the, at the um at was, the, was um, a lot at of the meeting. That was about the first time that we really in the because I don't remember season one being that many lesbians. Well, if you remember season one, there was some at the pier that was voguing, and there was some that was walking the balls. It's not a lot, but a few of them were walking the balls. Yeah, I really just you know yeah, pay attention. Attention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So they were really, um, they were organizing the the event and organizing what they were yeah, going to do. Because it was a lot of lesbians and they was just going plan to action. And As then she got be. up on that stage. She was passionate. And Patel, wait, Patel, oh God, Patel, Patelia, whatever the hell his name is. That gave him something more cute of Patel. <laughs> anyway, Patel, he said that the, he was, at first he was like, oh, you know, looking around like what is going on. And I guess he found his his calling and I think that would be very good for him because he's just so, like I say, he's just so bitter these days. I know he's going through it and stuff, but he needs some kind of release. Yeah, so this mm-hmm. was this. Well, tell me what you think about protesting in general. Protesting. Because, mm, mm. <laughs> I mean, wasn't we doing a lot of protesting about a year ago or so. Well, it's still going on. It's yeah, still but... going on. And as you know, what has it solved, baby? So you don't think protesting works? 
co-testing. Mm, it ain't for me. I don't believe you that are, it really you are pray too much. <laughs> you, you are like negative, him. Nancy. <laughs> I you ain't no Patel. You are neg- you are ne- you are said, negative, Nancy. I mean, because sometimes they do they are effective. Protest protesting is effective because it it do you get out your emotions and, and you I disrupt a system that's that. happening. You disrupt something and get people aware. But with the I don't think it does anything. Mm. Oh, I'm. T- I'm just speaking my truth, you know. I ain't saying that it's just like <laughs> but that. There's but there's a lot of incidents where see, it did work. Like when I, they were getting sprayed by the dogs and the hoes. Those were protests. Cussed out. The the sit-ins, just, the sit-ins at the diners, those were protests. Those those were they what I it know is. What it was, I know what it was. I know what it they was. They disrupt the there. system and bring awareness to it so that the other actions can happen. To change some shit. Okay, so what did um, Blanca saw on the first season when she caught herself doing? Wasn't that the protest going up into the little white gay bar and getting kicked out and thrown to the curb? Yes. They still had their little white gay bar and it was still no trannies allowed. So what did she? What did she saw? So what I'm just saying, I'm not saying that people need to. And I'm I'm not saying that every protest. Do. I'm just saying that I would I won't just be there. <laughs> <laughs> Every protest does is not as effective as another. So some protests are protests are really effective and I some believe, are not. And I don't even know if it just has anything to do with this time. But like now, if I was to protest, yeah, you protest like a business, stop buying that stuff. Money, now that's effective. I believe when money is involved, protesting and things like that is effective. But if it's like Something else, you know. I don't think it really just do nothing. They just arrest you and just be punching on you and and, and blowing, the, you know, blowing you with waters and stuff. And you be scooting all around and falling all over the floor and being arrested and stuff and I'm going to jail and stuff. I ain't got time for all of that. And then to wake up and it's still the same shit going on. I'm just saying. I'm just, but I'm not saying there ain't nothing wrong with it. If you want to be a protest, you go protest. You do your thing. I just won't be out there. I'm just saying, you know. Well, I'm gonna be out there when I need girl, to be. Girl, we know you're gonna be out there, girl. You're gonna be the leader, girl. Yeah. I'm gonna be out there. Gonna I'm gonna be, be front page it out. on the goddamn newspaper, bitch. Uh, that's just how it is. So I think sometimes they some are more effective than others. And some are not as effective. It just depends. It just depends on circumstances. It's all about timing. It's all about um it's all about strategy, tactic, how it all comes together determines whether it's effective and where whether it's not effective. Because Queer Walk, um, the podcast, really just um, highlighted one in their last episode up in um, upstate New York where they actually won a case based on the organizi- organizing that they were doing. And so... I think it works sometimes in certain situations, and that's how it goes. So let's talk about Angel. So Angel's character, Blanca, like I said earlier, when she was in the cab, she was deciding, she was pushing her to go to um, this modeling casting call. modeling casting And so she goes in, she's nervous, her, her Blanca and Poppy tip on through, and 
her and Poppy have gotten so close. Yeah, they have gotten so close. There's some kind of, I don't know if it's romance. It's something I don't going know. on there. I can keep it. I, <laughs> I don't know, know if it's some, some kind romance. of romance I know going on. Some, I think Poppy going to be liking some angel. <laughs> so <laughs> she goes in and the lady says, baby, we can't do nothing with these Polaroids, girl. I mean, with this old cheap ass Polaroids with you <laughs> flying around all up in the curtains and shit, girl. <laughs> we need some real girl. professionals. And she has so much. Here's my Polaroids. And she, I'm a girl, what? <laughs> now, Blanca should have been on there. Blanca be on top of shit now. Well, she might Blanca not have known. She pushed them in curtain the right direction. <laughs> Polaroids all up in the goddamn curtains and shit. No. Oh, she had some nerve. But little, she was so nice to Angel because I would have said, I would have laughed. I would say, hold on, girl. Look at this bitch. Look. <laughs> you cute, girl, but girl, you ain't that damn cute to be having these motherfucking Polaroids with the curtains and shit. You are shady. Come back when you have some professional photos. Thank you, baby. No, she saw something in her and she gave her number to a photographer. She did. So, She's a cute girl. She's a cute girl. So, Angel ended up going to the photographer, and apparently the ph- photographer clocked her. Him being the trash-ass man that he is, yeah. um, clocked her and then turned this opportunity where she needed him to take her professional pictures into an opportunity where he can use her to take nudie pictures of her. Um, this particular scene, if you are old head, it reminded me of Coco scene from fame. So Coco is, was played by Irene Cara and in the movie fame from the eighties, it, um, she went on a fo- she was she the, fame was about a school like a performing arts school mm-hmm. and so she went on this like i guess ca- photographer casting call gig and in the midst of her photo shoot in the midst of coco's photo shoot the photographer was trying to get her to take her top off and it's a really powerful memorable scene in that movie and it reminded me of that um, it made me uncomfortable, not in, not in seeing it, but in, I did, I needed to be a little bit more trans-specific nuance in that scene because Coco in fame was an innocent high school cis woman, mm-hmm. cis girl. And so... Her being in that uncomfortable setting in, in 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 this dude sexualizing her in a way and trying to exploit her in a word that she wasn't used to, I I believed it from Coco. I believed it from Coco and believed I believed okay. it. But to me What was wrong with Angel? The problem with Angel was you've been a prostitute for years now. Okay. You have capitalized off of being sexually objectified by men for years now Mm -hmm. and how you respond to men trying to sexually the negotiation of that how you respond to it becomes different it becomes familiar it is not like coco so i felt uncomfortable with that that wasn't believable for me i totally i totally agree 
it, it because you negotiating sex it, it you're in it, especially how long she been in the game we she are was in 1990 the last season was in 86 85 86 Maybe right you we are not this you, you are true to and, this and she was a whole in from the beginning, from the beginning. of the the season yeah. so so at this point it's been at least 5 this to 6 girl years is getting naked in front of strangers every other day so the, and For I, years. and there might be now somebody would say that there's it's a difference between taking pictures or I don't know I I just can't see that I think there there should have been when I'm and and it might be because I remember Coco's scene in Fame there should have been a little bit of nuance and I thought they were gonna give it when. Because if you look at the conversation between the photographer and Angel, mm-hmm. Angel immediately clocked that, oh, you trying to well, when negotiate. Well, personal collection. And then when she was like, you know, well, what, you know, how are we going to make this work? Well, we, thought, what we yeah, can do. I like she was, she was already trying to negotiate. Yeah, she was always trying to. Shit. Yeah. So it, that in that yeah. where I was like, okay, well, they're about to go to this. Real shit, cause because that's what that, you do. That's what she oh, knows. She knows to do. Yes, yeah, so, and so she a exactly. She went into. She immediately went into her hustle mind. Like, oh, yeah. I ain't got the money for this, but I know how niggas is. So what's up? How can we make this peer. work? He done met, you get he done mentioned the yeah. peer. So it's like, oh, so you a fucking client. Up? You a fucking trick. Yeah. So how can we? How can my goal now is to get these pictures out of and you? And the real smart what do we girl would have made her own rules. She wouldn't have got up right there and just took the naked pictures she would have once you already clock what this man is about then you could kind of set up like yeah you, you take my pictures what you, and... what you would what you would want to yeah. do you know you don't just give let the ball just up in his court you sitting up there looking just like tinkerbell yeah it was it <laughs> I was tinkerbell but i i didn't find that real realistic like, i don't know it it was weird it, it i didn't find it realistic like i was saying they played they Angel character is very complex because even in the first season when what was that playing when she had stand up in the bed and it was just all just when it, when she had her apartment and I think when was they it, made um, love the first time let's, let's wait, wait a let's wait a oh bitch girl you just yeah. left the goddamn pier <laughs> fucking somebody else and sucking somebody else now you having this romantic like you don't wait a while oh girl you don't wait a while baby you get your corn sh- well she don't get her corn straight up because she didn't get it from Stan when she first met him she's a dummy I'm sorry Angel is stupid you a cute girl but you is yo, not you gonna do Angel you is not gonna do Angel but I <laughs> but yeah, they just make her sometimes. One minute she the hoe at the pier, next minute she's a delicate little flower who won't love. I don't. But get that it. Can, I can see those both existing. If you a hoe, you a hoe. No, <laughs> <laughs> I can see though both existing. You where you can put the hard exterior on the stroll, but when you come home, you do want that tenderness. And then Stan was selling her a dream. But now that you done said that, now it got me to thinking, like, okay. Like, you know, she don't want to be out there on the pier. She don't want to be hoeing and this and that. And mm-hmm. so here you go and trying to get into this modeling world. And here goes somebody trying to take advantage of you again and do this dirty shit. This is not like you're trying to do something legit. So maybe that's where her character gets into being all timid and just, uh-uh, no. 
I I didn't feel that. I I don't I didn't find that realistic. I should I, there should have I'm been. I'm just trying to you know help Angel out. But, you know, <laughs> I, there should have been some nuance around that character that that part because I didn't feel it was too close to Coco's scene, mm-hmm. and maybe it's because I it reminded me of that particular scene. But I feel like the innocence of Coco in being a high school girl not experiencing this the harshness of the world I, it was believable from coco whereas angel you've been you know the harshness of the world you know so how you respond to this level of objectification is not going to be similar to coco and it was too similar, too similar for me to coco's to coco scene too similar but i digress later on she comes she goes to the ball and she wins another trophy for a runway. And at the end, in during the during the walk for the trophy, she she wins a trophy, but you can kind of see that this is like an empty win for her. Where comparing to the scene before, comparing to the remember when she first won the trophy in the beginning oh, of the yeah, episode, she was feeling love, she was like feeling love but this goddess. particular win was empty because now that she done got a taste of what could be possible in the real world, because um, she did enjoy the photo shoot with the guy prior to the. No, she was feeling. She it. was feeling she had it. all of her looks. And yeah, prior to the like the, the alone time, right? Prior to the alone time um, with him, but this particular win was kind of empty. So she got off the stage and they went back there to console her, and that's when she tells. Poppy and Blanca about what the dude did, yeah, how he kind of calmed me out of these pictures, down. and then he she she thought about, oh man, what um what could happen? Like, could these pictures get out and kind of ruin the future of my career? Or what could happen? Blah, blah, I'm blah, very blah. much like that too. Like, oh God, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because like, it's bittersweet. She's all up there. She's just sitting, like it's like. You have a sickening photo shoot. You you're now at the ball, and people are living for you. And it's like, okay, I clearly do have something. And then in the back of your head, okay, oh god, but them pictures. <laughs> and and it it kind of speaks to how far does this ball scene satiate your need to be more? Like, okay, so we know the theme of the first season and the theme of really the bossing altogether is in the beginning was this is our way to express our normalcy. Like, oh, I can be passable and I can look like the girl next door and I can look like the girl down the street and I can give you the fashion and the looks on the runway and I can dance and I can, this is a community where we have value here, okay? And the standard of that value, the litmus test of that value is rooted and based in the cis-heteronormative status quo, which we also know is rooted in white supremacy and capitalism. If that is the pinnacle, then how far does the ball scene go in keeping you, how far does that quench your thirst to be more? Because you have to eventually want more because this um, falsudo bubble cannot sustain you if the outside world is the pinnacle. You're going to want more from the outside world because some people I can see this being permanently okay. But then I see some I can see some people growing out of this. 
the ball scene. Yeah, growing like like and wanting more. Like you know, wanting yeah, wanting acceptance old, outside of the like, ball. Oh God, these girls—they just live for anything. Mm-hmm. I want to be accepted in the real world. Yeah, I can see some people. And that would be me. Who's thinking? <laughs> who's thinking yeah, that. and I, I, that's what she is. I mean, she keeps winning. And honestly, when she won that that last one, I didn't think that she should have won. Who you thought should have won? She had on that little velvet little thing when she broke down crying, Angel. Wasn't she standing next to Grace? Yeah, Grace. I thought Grace. I live for Grace. <laughs> With love, the afro. I and love the, that little In the trash bag. I live for, I, okay. <laughs> and she was working that trash bag. I thought she still was. I like the other girl that Angel was looking like a Grecian goddess. She was cute too. Both of them. I didn't think Angel. So what I'm I'm guess I'm getting at is just like, I feel like they just giving Angel awards and shit. <laughs> girl, stop. She was giving her stuff. No, Grace that first was she like won. Either she, Angel is a cute girl. She's cute, cute next to Gorgeous, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway, great so, so the gangster evangelistas turn on oh, and and Poppy <laughs> get out <of> here. <laughs> and Poppy and Block and Angel run up on the photographer and be his ass and really gangster. It should be now. That was a real style. scene right there. <laughs> That was a real scene. That was the realest scene out of the goddamn episode. He did what? Oh, I love that Blanca. When Blanca yeah. said, not on my watch. Uh, yeah. She went Alana Vendor, whatever her name fits my life. Not on my watch. Yes. And Baby, so they, they went to his deal. little place and they got her pictures back. Give me my pictures. <laughs> Kicked them all up in the head yeah. and shit. Yeah. I love that little scene right there. Because, you know, they was real gangsta. And people so weak. You know, on the first season and stuff, you getting pushed in, but beat up. And people are just reading you from left to right. They need to keep the same energy for everything. <laughs> so really this, do. this scene, you know. Poppy Pop, was on it. Yeah. They, so they got the pictures back. Poppy punched them in the face at the end of that scene. Mm-hmm. And, um. And Angel yeah. kicked him in the face. Angel kicked him in the face. And so they showed a level of togetherness and some a little bit of gangster. That was kind of sickening it. to me. I would have had to come back for vengeance after that. <laughs> As a photographer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Baby, I would have had to hit up somebody ball blowing up well, something. Well, I don't know. When you bring the hood oh, niggas into the situation, it kind of gets... What in the ball? A little weak-ass uh, photographer might be like, ooh, oh, <laughs> I might yeah. not want no more of that. Uh-uh. They would have turned him to death up in that ball. Nobody would ever know what happened to him. <laughs> so after that, Angel goes back to the modeling agency and she's like, Look, you don't know what I did for these pictures. And I need <laughs> just give me a chance, yo. Not even that humble, like, bitch, look. Pictures, I need <laughs> I need you to look bitch. and g- get me together. So bitch. she basically says, Sure, we'll give you a chance. And she made it to the top ten. Girl, you don't know what I did for these pictures. <laughs> like, girl. You don't know what I Girl, she might have been taller because she was so dramatic. I'm in a bind, Nate. Girl, you don't know what I did. I'm in a bind, Nate. From set it off. So yeah, so she goes and she she I guess she sympathizes with her and she gives her she she puts her and pulls her right on through and she gets to the top ten. She's so beautiful. I like her, Joan Crawford, whatever her name is. She looked like Joan she Rivers. Sure that bitch cannot move her face. <laughs> Ooh, that face. They had plastic surgery like that back then. Bad plastic surgery. It was bad one. She could not move her face at all. But I mean, she, I wouldn't say young, but she didn't look, oh. 
don't know. What she look? Yes, and so the next scene we go into Electra killing it at the ball. Coming out, I don't know what the hell that was. What was that? She, Bro, had she was shit Maria Antoinette. Oh, you just know every damn thing. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was the thing, honey. Maria Antoinette. Oh, she was serving it. She had her little two minions that she'd be running around with. They were spinning the little dress. And then she had her little production with the head chop. And Pratel the guillotine, was baby. not uh, amused by any of that. Well, he was impressed by <laughs> He was like, okay, but he girl, was. I see, you, I see what you're doing. You mm, mm. word out. But you know when you piss, you piss. Right. <laughs> you piss. What was he pissed about? Yeah, but Patel was pissed because Miss Electra felt like she did not need to go to the protest and protest with everyone else when they went to the church. But she had already said earlier that okay, honey, girl, this is not my thing. I don't want to go. But Blanca told her at that dinner table. First of all, she keep coming fucking late to the dinner table okay. and disrespecting her house. But anyway, she really do. She told her, she told <laughs> she her that really everybody do. is. We're going to this protest as a house, and so apparently Electra didn't go. That's not Electra. And, and just like I got just got through talking about protesting, protesting ain't for everybody. You cannot sit there and just force protesting on. So it's wait, just wait, like, wait. So talk. So what happens? What pray tell do? Well, pray tell. You know, with him just, I mean, ugh. he was amused, but at the same time, he was pissed because Electra didn't show up to the protest, and he just felt like he should read her in front of everybody at the goddamn ball, calling her all types of grannies, and yes, girl, you're the one, but you're one, this, that, I mean, just letting her have it, and... Because he said, yes, bitch, you came in with us out. We know they're going to give you your tens, girl. But that's okay, not but important for me feel, to say right now. I want to feel, you know, hot and desirable each and every time I get my tens. <laughs> I want to feel like it's new. I didn't know that it was coming. I want to, I want all of I want my trophy. I want my pictures. I want to twirl around with my trophy. But she didn't get to do any of that because Pertel wanted to be his little, uh, on his soapbox. Oh, his little fucking soapbox like he always do. <laughs> and sit up there and try to get pissed. Now, the thing about that is, like, protesting, it's a choice. You can't force somebody to go there. They was doing the most at that goddamn church. They was doing the most. Passing out pamphlets, laying out on the floor, then got arrested. Now, you just want, you gonna force somebody to do all of that? What? No. No. Now, Blanca did say, but that's that's just that, you know, I'm with Electra, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I am with Electra. Now that I think about it, okay, yes, you're under Blanca's roof, and Blanca did say. But you uh, are a leader in this community. Like, she is the girl. She's a legendary girl in the community, and this is affecting your community, and you can't take a t- time to come. me, but I'm just. Okay. You selfish. I've been told that. <laughs> I'm not going to the pins. And I do have a problem. No, I do have a problem with forced a- activism. I feel like if it's not you and you don't want to do it, okay, cool. But you cannot get mad when people, if you're in leadership, when you are a leader of, in a community, which she is, this community that has shown you love, that gives you praise every week, and you can't even come to this. It's like you can't get mad when somebody said calls you out on it and hold you accountable to that as a leader. You want the pray, you want the praise, you want the you want the rods of a leader and to be on this pedestal, but with 
with that pedestal comes responsibility. And so if you're not you're not holding up to that end of the, the responsibility part, people are gonna call you out. And I think that was that's what Praytel was doing. He was calling her out. He was saying, yo, like we all was doing this and you didn't even come and do what the fuck you were supposed to do and we agreed to do it. And you know, and now you're gonna come here after you did all this work on this shit, on this, on this production, and and we all and you want us to all praise you and give you your tens when really you don't deserve it. Cause you just you just trying it's almost like this is just freeding your ego without you being a part of our community. Without you without you you detaching yourself from the real life stuff. She is. And a lot of people do stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe she's just scared of it. Maybe that's her way of just hiding from it and just just acting like it's not going on. You know, people do that, you know, and try to stay in their own little world and, and just act like it's not going on. And I, I, okay, I don't agree with the forced protesting. I felt like it should have been a choice. Like, Blanca can't just tell someone to just do that just because they're under your roof. And so that's what I meant by that. But with Pray Tell, I, I do get it. And you are legendary. And, girl, this ain't nothing new. You done won plenty balls. You already know when you step foot, you're going to more than likely win or what or whatnot. And she's just so into the balls. And so it is bigger things to worry about. And you're performing for a community that's dying out, you know, that's, that's going through it. And so... Truth through some of the darkest time. The of, darkest times, and girl, you just spinning around up in your in your gowns, and so I mean, waiting for this community to praise you. Waiting for yeah, but so you can't she go do is this. Worried about the wrong things. things. Yeah, it's kind of like so. Pray tell, tells pray tell is over it. So he tells um, Jack to come up and finish the ball. Jack Mizrahi is a ball legend, commentary legend. He has been in the scene for years, and that particular person is a real ball scene legend. His name is Jack Mizrahi. And um, Electra comes home late again to the dinner. Yep, as she always did. As she always is. And Electra comes home to the dinner. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Tipping in her luxury fur and her jewelry, looking oh so fabulous in her pink ensemble, if I'm not mistaken. While everyone was just having a happy, blessful dinner, Angel was talking about her achievements but being top ten, and Blanca was getting praised, and here comes this bitch. And pray tell, what, I believe pray tell started again. Or did she, no. No. She started it, yeah. yeah. She just so, started reading. She started getting angry, and all of a sudden, this bitch gets angry and turns over she's the like, table. Girl, you let me have it at the ball. <laughs> Couple of that, yeah. And she just gets mad and frustrated. Um, but no, Blanca did mention, you know, where's where's all this fur and fabulosity coming from? Well, Blanca and- said you ain't even paid your portion of the rent, and then. She was like, nobody else do. And baby, you know that hits a trigger when somebody tell you ain't paid <laughs> your portion of it. And then especially if it's other people up in the house too, and they're like, okay, well, girl, ain't nobody paid their rent. But you the one walking up in here with the furs and looking fabulous, and yeah. you legendary, and you supposed to be everybody mamas and this and that. And these is kids. And these are little bitty kids. And so, girl, where's your half of the? And that just got her so pissed. And Miss Electra went 
fucking ape shit and she decided she wanted to flip over the dinner table. Now, honey. Baby. Now, this is another Sweetie. <laughs> unrealistic. <laughs> <laughs> this is another unrealistic moment. Sweetie because <laughs> let me tell you something. Honey, I want, I want you to think about this. <laughs> so the last, sweetie, sweetie cake. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the last season ended in like 86. It was 86. I yeah. Thinking, I think so this is 90. So they've been living in this house for four years. It's been years. Belanca has been doing what she does for four years. That's right. Plus four years plus, and um, and Electra's been working. She's all been working everybody girl. been in this house. You are not about to tell me that these children who have grown an emotional attachment to this woman as their mother, mm-hmm. this is where they live and don't have anywhere to go. Mm-hmm. This is y'all cool. just gangster ran up on a fucking um photographer. photographer yeah. You not about to, and this is the dark side of the ball scene. You not about to tell me that the whole house didn't twirl that bitch. Because the ball families I know, you not about to disrespect this woman's house and turn the table over with everybody's food on it and not get twirled. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. And somebody is going to want to twirl your motherfucking ass. These is some of these people in here are twirling people. Remember when Poppy was trying to twirl Ricky for telling the tea, telling he was selling drugs. Yes. You know, at the end of the day, somebody, she would have got, and then Electra is not a likable person. She's not. They didn't want the bitch there. Right. Left out their room. So you going to tell me she, y'all done been in here for that. They're just waiting for a reason to tour this bitch. And then did you do this because you being called out by not doing some family shit? Folks, I'm sorry. She would have got twirled. It is just human nature to whoop people ass when they get out of line <laughs> like that. See, with it, I'm still up here having my little meal with my family. Then here you can walk in your bougie ass with your fur and just tipping always late, rolling your eyes all up in the sky. And just flip over reading. a motherfucking table. And then not even just that. You just set up here and read us. You can call us what bottom dwellers or some whatever the hell she did. Mm. You already read us. So I'm already pissed because you done read me right. already. I'm already pissed. <laughs> Honestly, already. bitch. I know and I'm then not you paid. tip over tables. This is my mama who I love and who I treat with respect and who loves me too. And you know, I'm doing what who I can do. Who always got my back. Who always, always looking for food. opportunity bitch. for me. And you, here you come walking in. No. You, you flip over our food too. I can see one or my two fiddles. people maybe not being having that twirling <laughs> spirit, but somebody in that room had a twirling spirit. Fratel should have should have let somebody Poppy, have it. somebody should have twirled her. I'm sorry. Uh, that, that's what you're but here for, also, Poppy. <laughs> so this this is another thing that's kind of weird to me and doesn't seem like it matches with the storyline. D- doesn't match match not with the storyline. Doesn't match with reality. You also, she's also a sex change. Even when you get a sex change, you leave the community. (laughs) Like it, that's what it was. Like back then, you leave not all, but most of the time, bitch, you go. And why are they leaving, Diamond? Because like this is, I'm a woman now, and so I'm going to do woman things. And so for you to be in this whole scene. What Still worried change? about the ball. This deeply. And when I see you at the ball. 
I don't know. That seems not. I guess it was some people that stayed. No, some they got out. No, Alexa, they slowed that, that's down. Just, that's none of the none of that's not believable. <laughs> yeah, I, you they usually like the girls who remember on Paris and Burning the girls that were on the beach who mm-hmm. got their sex change. The goal was if and you listen to yes. Octavia talk about and it. Woman down. You know you <laughs> yeah. you once you get your pussy you go do your thing somewhere else. Like this is beneath you, especially somebody who think like Electra. But Electra first of all, it's it's not believable for a lot of reasons. Electra is not that girl to be stuck up in the house with all of them like that and living up under Blanca after you not already worked for years, for what, four years or something? So now you're a working girl. Electra should have been either had her own place too, I feel Yeah, just, all that is she's she, a go getter. Not that girl. Yeah, yeah. she's a go getter. So her being in this house. For this long and and that mad about and over this it. and over and it. you've been working. It's weird to me. It it that a lot of this part was kind of unrealistic, and it didn't seem like appropriate for the time and the length of time that she was there. That blown up. That blow up should have happened long time yeah. ago. Ooh, they shouldn't um, even have had her still, and they should have started off the show. Electra was already back to being Electra, <laughs> and then right at the end of the show, um, that Electra made a lot more sense. Electra tips over to the ferocity. That's right. She flips over the table, tips on now. Have her walking model scene with her fur, mm-hmm. uh, and what goes back to what is that ferocity? Candy, Candy, and Lulu's ferocity yes, house. The bitches. So you gone these bitches you read last season five, four or five years ago, and you. I'm feel? sure you. I'm sure you've been reading them because you've been in the House of Evangelists, the winning for, trophy for quite a while now. And, and and you just tip back over and you just mother again. Well, we don't know that. We didn't get. We, oh well, we, we're yeah. gonna get. We probably gonna get their response we'll see. next week. We'll see. So that was the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end, and yeah, it was. I love that it's back. I I want to see where they where they're gonna go with this. I want to see where they're gonna take us on this journey. Um, I definitely want to see how Lulu and Candy is gonna take her back. I definitely want to see more of Ricky and Damon. The couple. The yeah. couple. Because um, we didn't get a lot Ooh. of them in this season. Okay, okay. Maybe I just... Mm, I think it's going to be a lot when he comes back. Because now you done been on tour living life. Yeah, the tour. Because uh-huh. um, we didn't Jamal. get a lot of Damon. Is it yeah. Jamal or Damon? Jamal is the one the dancer. Damon's the other one, I believe. No, that's Ricky. Oh, God. Damon and Ricky. It's Damon and Ricky. I think his real name is Jamal. Who the hell is Jamal? I think his real name oh, is Jamal. God. Y'all know who the hell we talk about. Y'all know who we talk about. We little bitch that can dance. <laughs> so, all right, y'all. Well, we that's the end of the review. We will see y'all next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamondstylz at gmail.com. 
And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye bye. You gonna say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's gonna be alright.